We're still doing our question and answers here, and uh, this is now part two about an important question about faith and science. Uh, it's a little longer than our usual episodes, but again, I hope you find it helpful. Hello friends, Pastor Tim Westermeyer here. Thanks for spending some time with me today. This is now part two to um, a question we received. And I'm gonna reread the question. Uh, this is about evolution and science and or evolution in the Bible and ultimately faith and science. Here's what the questioner wrote again. How should we balance theories of evolution, archeologic findings of things millions of years old, with the Old Testament narrative, which seems to say that the first humans were created within the last 10,000 years, shortly after the universe was created. Should we understand that the Old Testament's historic references or historical references are symbolic? Um, so, last episode we started by talking a little bit about some background, preliminary thoughts about the supposed conflict between faith and science, a little bit about Genesis, but let me just say <clears throat> a little more directly um, I, the, the questioner is basically saying, can we believe the theories of evolution as Christians? I think that's part of the question. And my response to that is, yeah, that's not a problem at all. As I mentioned in the last episode, Christians, I would say the vast majority of Christians, have always believed we are free to, to believe wherever the evidence takes us as it relates to science. Um, and then the, the question related to that about the Old Testament being, uh, what did he call it, uh, symbolic versus historic. Again, I, I want to just reiterate something we talked about in an episode a few uh, episodes ago, namely that the Bible isn't a single book. It's a whole bunch of books. The Old Testament has some books which clearly are reporting historic events, First and Second Kings, First and Second Chronicles, for example. There are also books about poetry, though. Uh, the Psalms, for example, are about wisdom, uh, Proverbs, let's say. Um, and so not all of the books of the Old Testament, or the New Testament for that matter, are intended by the authors to be historic. And again, the book of Genesis, um, it, 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 there are contradictory accounts of creation within the book itself, within the Bible, which says to us immediately, we don't need to read those accounts to answer the question how creation happened, but rather we should read those accounts to answer other types of questions about who we are, where we come from, what what this God we worship is like. And I talked a little bit about that again in the last episode. So um, we're totally happy as Christians to accept evolution. That doesn't mean that every single Christian tradition does, but again, the vast, vast majority of Christian traditions would say, yeah, that's fine. Wherever science leads, uh, we're happy to accept in terms of understanding the world around us. And again, as I said last time, to the degree um, it, it, it seems as though faith or our, our beliefs of faith contradict science, all that means is that we don't fully understand what we're talking about in terms of faith or fully understand what's going on with science. Okay, last episode, um, I mentioned that I was going to talk about sort of something old, and I guess Genesis and Augustine and Aquinas are older, and then this episode I said I was going to talk about something new as it relates to science. And again, this is a big subject. We could talk about a whole lot of things, but I want to lift up <clears throat> something specific 
which reinforces the point I made in the last episode again, that when we get things wrong culturally, about the intersection between faith and science, it's not often that we're just slightly off. It's very often that we're precisely getting it 180 degrees wrong. One example of that is something you've all heard of called the Big Bang. And I remember very clearly hearing someone, I'm not gonna name him, but someone who's a really a pretty well-known uh, personality on TV beating up on Christians um, again, saying the typical cultural things, well, we're backwards, we don't understand what we're talking about, we're opposed to science. And as one club he was using to beat us up, he said, haven't you Christians ever heard of the Big Bang? So I just want to give you a little story about the Big Bang, which demonstrates that point I was making about how sometimes people get things not just a little wrong, but entirely wrong, okay? Um, the Big Bang, I hope this isn't too deep weeds, <clears throat> but it, it comes sort of out of Einstein's theory of relativity. And so let me just give you a little bit of a timeline, very simple. Um, in 1915 or 1916, Einstein proposes that space and time were themselves something dynamic and changing. Now listen to this. This discovery profoundly disturbed Einstein because he thought that the universe was static and eternal. You remember back, we talked about Genesis. One of the things the authors of Genesis were saying uh, to all the religions of that time, which thought the universe was eternal and static, was that, well, we, we're suggesting it had a beginning. Again, I'm not saying that it was saying how it happened. I'm saying sort of philosophically they were, or theologically they were making a point. In 1917, Einstein modified his equations to avoid the expansion or contraction of the universe because he was so convinced the universe was eternal. He later admitted this was the, and I'm quoting, greatest blunder of my life, okay? Now in 1929, someone named um, Edwin Hubble, who we've all heard of because of the Hubble Space Telescope, um, confirmed uh, through experimentation uh, that the universe uh, was uh, expanding. Galaxies were much further away than anyone imagined, and that the further something was away, the faster it was traveling. That was originally called Hubble's Law. We'll come back to that in a second. That was 1929. Now, here's the important point. Remember the night, nighttime guy who was beating up on Christians saying, well, haven't you Christians ever heard of something called the Big Bang? In 1927, before Edwin Hubble discovered that, a gentleman named Georges Lemaitre, who was a Belgian physicist and Catholic priest, through, uh, through equations, um, he discovered the solution to the problem of Einstein's theory of relativity in 1927, okay? And he also proposed that all the matter in the universe was originally concentrated into an incredibly dense primeval atom that exploded to create the world, which later became known as the Big Bang, discovered by a Christian. So when someone sits on late night television and says, well, you Christians, you don't understand the intersection of faith and science. You believe in Genesis, and we now know there's something called the Big Bang. He hasn't done his homework. He doesn't realize the Big Bang was originally proposed by a faithful Christian. Now, get this. That was 1927. In response to both uh, Lemaitre and Hubble's uh, discoveries, Einstein himself said, one cannot take 
take such possibilities seriously. Arthur Eddington, an English astronomer and physicist and mathematician, said this, the notion of a beginning is repugnant to me. The expanding universe is preposterous, incredible, it leaves me cold. And Walter Nernst, who won the 1920 Nobel Prize in Chemistry, said this, to deny the infinite duration of time would be to betray the very foundation of science. Why did they say, and, oh, and then as late as 1959, 1959, two-thirds of leading American astronomers and physicists believed the universe had no beginning. That was 43 years after uh, Einstein's equations were discovered and 30 years after Hubble's discoveries, and the aversion stemmed from philosophical prejudices rather than an objective review of the data because the reality of a beginning seemed to sit much better with religious views than with a materialist worldview. And I mentioned, uh, put a pin in the George Lemaitre discovery in 1927. For a long time, uh, Hubble's discovery ended up being known as the Hubble Law. In 2018, so only, what is that, three years before I'm taping this episode, members of the International Astron Astronomical Union um, voted to change the name of the Hubble Law to honor the Belgian priest and astronomer Georges Lemaitre. Now it's known as the Hubble-Lemaitre Law. Now, I'm not saying any of that proves Christianity is right. That's not my point. My point is that this uh, long-standing presumed conflict between faith and science is fundamentally flawed and wrong. And I'm going to suggest, again, that Christians are absolutely open to finding the truth wherever it leads us. And in fact, many faithful Christians have helped to discover truths that today we consider obvious, even when scientists during the 20th century sometimes didn't. I have a whole lot of books here. Um, I think about faith and science, I think what we'll do is we'll list them in the description below rather than tick through them. But there's a whole lot that you can read that will reinforce or expand the limited amount of stuff I'm able to uh, include here. But I want to close with an inscription which is in this little book. This is a book um, written by uh, the head of the Vatican Observatory um, just outside of Rome in Italy, which I had the great privilege of visiting a couple of years ago. I visited, uh, or my host was a gentleman uh, who is a, a, an astronomer there named Richard D'Souza, who I've mentioned this before, was a, at St. Philip the Deacon a few years ago for our Faith and Life series. So he works at the Vatican Observatory. This book is made up of questions that the Vatican Observatory receives, uh, usually by email, sometimes by mail, about issues of faith and science, okay? Again, it's called, Would You Baptize an Extraterrestrial? And other questions from the astronomer's inbox of the Vatican Observatory. And D'Souza, this now friend of mine who works there, inscribed this copy of the book with simply saying this, Dear Tim, let's start a new narrative. And I want to challenge all of us who are Christian to understand our own story well enough so that we can defend it better in the public square and talk about our faith in a way that is not apologetic and defensive in the face of these claims that faith and science are opposed. That's it for today. Thanks for being with me. Be well, stay in touch, and God bless. Mm -hmm.